Welcome to the Strive for More podcast. My name is Jared Hendry and I'm the founder of Strive. We're a group of young entrepreneurs that you've probably never heard of. In our weekly meetings, we share keystone habits that can change the lives of the other entrepreneurs in the group. And now I want to share those habits with you. Each week, you'll get access to what we call the teachable moment. And that focuses on improving the quality of our health, wealth, and relationships. I have the absolute pleasure of introducing a close friend and a, a really a mentor of me for many years. I'm, I don't think he knew that he was a mentor, but he was kind of a silent mentor. So I've got Mitch Gudgeon here, and he's a, the co-founder, and he's the CEO of Talent Fit. He's also a four-time entrepreneur. He's a former Canadian national rugby player, university basketball player for UVic. This guy has done it all. His work and his life have been focused on developing high-performance team culture in various sport and business settings. Currently, Mitch resides in Toronto, but he is a Victoria, BC native at heart and holds an MBA from the Smith School of Business at Queen's University. Mitch, welcome. Jared, thanks for having me. It's too, uh, the introduction is too kind. Well, um, I think first of all, maybe can you just share how do we know each other? You know, where do we meet and, and how long does that go back? Yeah. Well, I guess it's, uh, goes all the way back to undergrad, uh, when you're, you're roommates with, uh, with Ryan, one of our, my old basketball, uh, teammates and, uh, got to meet you through that. And, and, uh, you know, over the years of, over the years have become uh, great friends and, um, you know, always, uh, lucky to, lucky to get to see you and maybe go hiking with you when I get out to, uh, out to Calgary or, uh, catch a, catch a Jays game here or a basketball game or something like that in Toronto when you're out here. So, uh, it's been, it's been great. And, uh, you know, thanks for having me on here today. Yeah, we're happy to have you, Mitch. And um, yeah, I just want you to know that really seeing your career and the trajectory that you've taken has just been really inspiring for me. And and from that point on that we met, I just knew that you were somebody that was going to be in my life. So uh, you've started companies in the past. I just, I just want to get a sense of, can you talk about what those companies were about and, and what were they focused on? Yeah, for sure. Well, I, th I think honestly, it's one of those things. I think I've always been uh, been kind of an entrepreneur uh, all my life. Um, it probably started when um, you know when I was probably like grade one, and I wanted a cool <laughs> bike. And my parents said, "Well, if you want that special bike, you know, you need to go out and get a job to uh, to pay for it." Uh, so I ended up getting a paper route back then. I'm not saying that's the first business, but you know, it's kind of learning the learning the idea of like if you work, you know, you can start working and, and making money, and and uh, you know, sort of be able to buy what you need and accomplish what you want. So uh, the, the first business I started actually was, uh, I think I called it the Select Soccer Camp, actually. And I was in grade nine. Uh, I started running soccer camps for kids. Um, you know, I think the first year I had something like 10 or 12 kids show up. Uh, the second year, I think we're up to like 25 odd kids. And I, I hired my younger brothers actually to help me out. Um, and it soon, soon turned into like, you know, we had uh, you know, a bunch of kids coming out. We did sort of morning and afternoon sessions. Um, yeah, it was just kind of one of those things that kind of happened uh, organically, but it's it sort of, you know, I was the only kid in grade nine, probably making, you know, a hundred plus dollars an hour as a summer job. So <laughs> it, was, it was kind of fun. Um, then after that, uh, first university, I started a company called Gudgeon Garden and Landscape. Uh, once again, kind of happened by accident. Uh, came back from traveling um, Europe for with, with a couple of buddies when I was, you know, 19. Uh, had saved some money, but went over budget and borrowed some cash from my parents to uh, to float the last uh, leg of my trip there. And so I came back and owed him money and it started working in, you know, my dad's friend's backyard for a bit, just hauling dirt. And 
the neighbor came by and asked how much do I charge for how much do I charge for landscaping and I didn't even consider calling it landscaping before that but um, you know one thing or another we started handing out flyers um, you know once again hired my brothers to do that and then uh, you know started employing a bunch of the guys that I played basketball was at Evic and and others that I'd met uh, met through university soon I had about eight guys working for eight eight men and women working for me uh, four men of different jobs and you know that was kind of my my job for the about eight years actually while I was um, playing basketball at Evic and then uh, on to rugby with Canada after that too um, the other jobs uh, integral marketing strategies so I did a bit of uh, brand consulting marketing consulting uh, partnerships consulting after uh, after my MBA for a bit and then uh, as you mentioned uh, talent fit AI which is my current venture uh, you know been at this for about two years and uh, you know this is something that I've been really passionate about because it kind of ties in everything I've done in sport um, but you know also ties it with um, you know things from business that I've learned and, and you know seeing how important culture is on success of a team uh, you know ensuring you have values alignment and all that so you know basically what we do is we have um, you know look at sort of a values first or culture first data-driven recruitment and hiring um, what we help is you know, calibrating company culture and values and then what we do is we actually help source candidates uh, and help you assess applicants for for culture fit and values alignment um, as well as the required job criteria so you know it's um, it's been pretty exciting um, you know, as we were talking, we've had some, a couple of big wins in the last uh, couple of weeks here and, uh, you know, we're really excited and I think poised for some pretty significant growth in the upcoming months. Yeah. I, I think what we'll do is we'll circle back to the talent fit at a later point and we'll just, for now, we'll focus a little bit on that kind of your origin. I think it's so interesting that you were an entrepreneur really from the get-go and and you realized that in order for you to create the lifestyle that you wanted the life that you want or even to get that bike that you had to go and do things a little bit differently i can't imagine that there was too many other kids in grade nine that were coaching soccer and i know you you're not a great soccer player so that really says something <laughs> about your marketing ability yeah, um, well. so i just want to transition into some of the lessons that you've learned from those experiences because all businesses hit stumbling blocks. And I'd just like to know what were some of those failures that you'd had in those businesses? Just maybe a couple of the most prominent or something that just comes to mind. Yeah, it's, it's, this is always a funny question that people ask, you know, I've sat on a number of panels or been on things and people talk about, you know, what are the failures you've had? And, and for me, it's like, you know what, I, I don't really consider them failures. I, I love the term, I don't know if you've heard the term Kaizen, it's a Japanese phrase and it means mm -hmm. continuous improvement. So it's like, always learning from your mistakes, always uh, improving, always, you know, getting better. So, you know, I, I think in, in, in sort of, you know, if we call it failure, I've failed hundreds, thousands of times probably uh, over the course of my life in pretty much every different way you can imagine. Um, but I kind of take it that each one of them is like more of a, like a learning moment and, you know, sort of flip it around and say, you know, what, what was the reason that I did fail or not achieve what I wanted to in that, in that moment or in that, uh, in that instance? and figure out how do you make it how do you get better from there um you know i'd say uh you know i'd say with talent fit if we're speaking about maybe specific failures uh that we've had i think one of the early ones that uh you know myself and our team made is uh, and i think this comes a lot about just being excited about starting something new is we we tried to build everything for everyone mm -hmm. uh, and, and really lost a lot of our focus on on what we were trying to achieve and um, you know, if, if you're not focused in a business, especially with limited resources at the beginning, 
um, you end up kind of just running in circles because you're trying to you're trying to do a million things at once and you just never really get anything moving forward. Um, so I think <clears throat> one of the big sort of failures, I guess, and probably stalled us at least at the beginning when we were we were first starting out was uh, was trying to do everything for everybody and be everything for anyone, everybody. Uh, and, I, you know, we've learned a lot from that. And, and, you know, I luckily have been a lot more laser focused than then too. Have you been able to narrow down that focus? Like, have you learned from that past failure and been able to apply it to your current situation? Oh yeah. Like we, we started, what do we, we started trying to build like an applicant tracking system, an HRIS system. <clears throat> we were going to solve the recruiting problems that everybody had. We we're going to solve, we we're going to solve every problem that pretty much all these big companies out there wow. uh, with billions of dollars of revenue we're going to do and, and quickly realize that there's no chance we were going to be able to do that uh, at that stage anyways. Um, so, you know, from us, I think it was like, yeah, we just, we, we, we've really, fo we understood sort of like what we were really good at, what we had the expertise to do, and then just started saying like no to things. And I, I think that's all, all, uh, an often lesson for entrepreneurs is the ability to say no. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think that really helped us and really being critical on what we're good at being really critical on what we're passionate about. And, um, it, it helped us really narrow our focus. Um, and, and that's really allowed us to get a lot of headway um, in, in the areas that we're, we're focused on now, I think. That's really powerful stuff. Thank you for sharing that. Um, now, moving on to talent fit. So the current venture that you've started, you've been working at this for two years, and it seems like that snowball has really started to turn as of the last couple of months. So can you just kind of briefly tell us where you're at with your current the current business with talent fit employees, how many staff, what are the revenues, anything that you can share on that front? Yeah, for sure. No, it's, it, it's been a really exciting journey. You know, we've been at it, I, I guess just over a bit of a bit more than two years now. Um, you know, it's, it's been a, um, at times a rocky road. Uh, you know, we lost our CTO in the first couple months when we started and took us a while to get a new one. So, you know, a lot of our early days, um, you know, we've been collecting data, and that, and, um, you know, so that, so that's kind of where we, we had been for, for about probably the first year almost. Um, and then I guess it would have been June, 2018. So just over a year and a year and a bit ago, <clears throat> we sort of launched our first, um, you know, beta. Um, so we we're working with GE healthcare, uh, to start. And, um, you know, since then we've added a bunch of, um, you know, private beta clients and, and pilot clients um to to our roster which has been really exciting um you know we've recently in the last uh, i guess two weeks we've added one of the fastest growing companies in canada to our to our list of clients uh, it's been really exciting already to work with them um you know we we're at about nine people i guess in our business um and you know it's it's uh you know this next couple of weeks is is really exciting we're launching what we're calling our job seeker network and uh this is basically where Somebody could come to our come to TalentFit AI. Uh, they could, you know, sign up on the website. Um, you know, they fill out our our assessment, which has been developed off of top tier research for the past like forty years. Um, and then on, on top of that, they fill out their profile. And basically, what we do now is we match job seekers uh, to companies based on their own their own ideal culture, their own values, as well as the required job criteria for for the jobs that are out there and, and the job preferences for the job seekers. So. It's kind of like flipping the, the, the hiring process in its head. Um, companies apply to job seekers with us. Um, we bring them great candidates. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, what I've seen and what the research shows too, 
is that people that align with the values of the organization are, you know, they're more committed, they're more engaged at work, they're happier, they like their colleagues more, um, you know, there's less chance they leave. So at the end of the day, if you, if you can find that sort of true values alignment, everybody wins. And it's, it's often one of those things where values are just stated on the wall, you know, you walk into a company, you see the values stated there. Um, what we're able to do is actually dive deeper and, and really get a true assessment of what company values and culture is. Um, and using that as sort of a bit of a roadmap, which we call our cultural signature, um, we're then able to match, uh, you know, talent to that, to that company. And um, so far, the results have been excellent. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, like you said, you know, we're really excited over these next couple of months of, uh, of some of the things that are, that are coming down the pipeline and, and uh, some of the companies that we're working with. Is there any other companies in your industry right now that are doing what you're doing in the sense that are there companies that are matching employees with uh, potential employers based on values? Is that something that's happening or are, are you an innovator in that space? Uh, I think there's a, there's a couple that are, that are doing it. Uh, there's a couple in the U.S. There's a couple over in Europe. There's you know, a couple here in Canada. Um, you know, I, I think each company is sort of taking a, a slightly different approach. Um, maybe some focus more on, you know, a really great user experience first, uh, but maybe don't have as much sort of meat behind their assessments and, and, and quality behind their assessments. Um, you know, for us, we took a lot, maybe a bit of a slower approach, if you will. Uh, we collected a lot of data to start. Um, we really focused on dialing in that, that assessment that we use um, so that, you know, it, it truly would work. And, um, you know, from, you know, it probably took us a bit longer maybe to get off the ground. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, you know, the results that we're seeing now are just, uh, they've just been excellent. So, um, you know, I think it's, I think this is going to be where we get sort of to our tipping point and are able to sort of uh, grow fast from, from that. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's really cool the, the, the sort of the HR tech recruitment tech space. Um, there's so many, so much stuff going on right now with, you know, video interviews and, um, you know, there, there's just so much, so much sort of innovation happening from sort of each side. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's just a really exciting space to be in, obviously, uh, a tough space to make your name into right now, but uh, very exciting, very exciting space to be in for sure. Yeah. And I, I imagine that it's a business that's set up for success for the future as the millennial generation comes through and we're really looking for a value base, a value fit with the company that we're going to work for, I think. So yeah, moving it's, well, it's, yeah, it's, I think that's, you, you sort of hit the nail on the head with that. It's like, people want to be happy at work. I think, you know, uh, the millennials these days and, and really anybody, if you look at it is like, there's so many opportunities out there. Uh, I think people realize that they can, they can do whatever they want and, and they don't want to spend time hating their work lives. Right. And spend more time at work than you almost do anywhere else. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 why not be happy? And, you know, I think generally a lot of things are changing, right? There's, there's tons of stuff around, um, you know, we talk about like diversity, and inclusion and belonging at work um, and and stuff around ethics and AI and governance uh, and, you know, the, the environmental impact of, of things, too. And and these are all uh, areas that I think our generation is is, you know, maybe looking a bit bigger or we're, we're maybe that's not maybe that's not the right way to say it but um you know as a as a as a um society i think generally we're looking at the future and saying well it, it could be pretty bleak if we don't change some stuff out here and you know i think happiness is a big thing for people um environment's a big thing for people 
and you know, I, I think we're I think we're starting to make a lot of shifts in that in that regard. And and I'm really excited to see what comes out in sort of all those areas in the next while, and the sort of the businesses that are being invested in, and uh, and the businesses that are really making an impact, uh, you know, on on our on the sort of the global scale too. Great. I think about uh, some of the listeners out there that are maybe they've they're a solopreneur. They've it's just them and their business, and they're thinking, "Wow, I've gotten to the point where I've got enough clients in the door, but I'm starting to feel overwhelmed. Maybe I'm working twelve hours a day, seven days a week, and I really want to replace myself." So, can you share your own experience on how did you make that decision to hire your first staff member? Yeah. Um, so I think in the, in the number of businesses I've had, um, <laughs> first couple of businesses, it really came down to, you know, already knowing how many kids were in the soccer camp, or I had projects that were already lined up for landscaping and, and the construction I was doing. And, you know, it, it was pretty easy to determine when I needed to hire them. And, and a lot of those people too were very, you know, they could be very seasonal workers as well too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with TalentFit, it's, it's a bit different. Um, you know, for us, it was, it, it was driven by a couple things. Um, you know, we also did sort of, we hired on calling consultants to start off. So, um, you know, people that, you know, if, if we didn't, uh, continue to sort of grow as, as we anticipated, you know, we might have to let them go and there's, you know, there's less uh, risk associated with that having is, you know, hiring somebody maybe full time. So it gives you that flexibility. Um, you know, we had to consider sort of what is our runway uh, with, you know, what, what's, you know, what kind of amount of money do we have in our bank account? Um, how many months can we sustain with, you know, one person, two people, three people, et cetera. Um, you know, we also have to consider what is the, the business needs that our, that our clients had and we had, um, you know, what are the new features that are wanting to be built and, and all those things and make sure that, you know, we're delivering on the, on the promise that we had. Um, and, you know, I, I think the, the one thing, too, I should say is that, you know, every business is um, different. And, and, you know, I've learned this in, in sort of my, um, you know, my career as well as an entrepreneur. Um, but, you know, every business is different when you need to hire that first person uh, or if you ever do need to hire that first person. Um, some people also just don't like managing people. And that's totally OK um, if you just want to, uh, you know, just want to do it yourself. And there's a lot of people out there that have built great businesses that are just, you know, by themselves. Um, and, and it allows them not to have to worry about, uh, you know, being accountable to other people too, uh, which, which is, you know, which is good if, if that's what you want to do. Any advice for those folks listening for when they should make that or, or any resources maybe that they can check into? Yeah. Um, well, you know, they could sign up for talent fit AI. That could be a good one if they, uh, <laughs> they needed to, uh, no, just kidding. Um, honestly, looking into your, your personal network, um, posting things on LinkedIn and, and, uh, sharing that, um, you know, one of the things that the way we found, uh, the co-founders are sort of the three of us that are co-founders of Talented AI. Um, I went on this website, uh, cofounderslabs.com, um, and, you know, found one, found a, a number of people that we interviewed and, and, you know, found our eventual co-founder from the, the tech side, um, there as well, our CTO and, through my own personal network and, and doing the, uh, the MBA Queens with my professors is one who actually introduced us to our, our head of research, um, who is, who was one of our other co-founders. So, uh, I, I think the personal network is, is one that you definitely have to leverage. Um, but yeah, that, there's, there's a lot of different sort of tools out there that you can use, uh, that, that can really help you out. Those are great tips, Mitch. Thank you. So you, you've scaled your business. You've gone from zero to nine in a pretty short period of time, like a couple of years. So, 
what kind of challenges did you have scaling your business? Yeah. Um, I think like, like I kind of said before is, is starting too broad. Um, I think for us, when we were, you know, we were trying to find that sort of product market fit, um, you know, we just weren't getting there fast enough, I think. So that was, that was one of the things. And I think that was also just us not being critical enough about uh, what we're doing. Uh, you know, not really like listening to our users or listening to the people we're talking to, but but not really understanding their core problems. We were, listen, we're, we're hearing what they're saying, but we weren't like listening to what they're actually saying to us, you know? Right. Um, and so I think that was, that was one of the things and, and that's really helped us once again, focus and, and, and to get that product market fit. And I, you know, I think we still got a little bit of ways to go there, but um, you know, we're a lot better than we were. Um, you know, I think for us too, the other challenges in the sales process, uh, once again, every business is different. Um, you know, some people start businesses where, you know, you can push content out and it doesn't cost people anything to sign up for a business or a very, very low barrier, uh, monetary barrier to sign up to, to use an app or use a, uh, use a tool online or whatever it may be. Um, you know, our business is a bit different. Uh, it's a, it's a pretty, um, called labor intensive sales process. Uh, building relationships, you know, getting in front of people, speaking to them, understanding their problems, uh, you know, building trust, um, you know, showing evidence that what we're doing is working, uh, getting a pilot going, you know, that, that, that whole sales process takes a long time. Um, but also the, you know, the deal sizes are also a lot bigger than, uh, you know, something that's, you know, five bucks a month to use. Um, so, so that was one for us, obviously, is, is, is the sales process. Um, I'd also say, you know what, for us, you know, we're still in the very early stages of scaling. Um, you know, we, what we've done, uh, and, and I know some of the stuff, uh, you know, one of the things you want to talk about some, some book recommendations later on, but, um, you know, trying to, trying to find ways you can kind of like growth hack your way forward is, is big. Um, you know, so, you know, look at like the Facebooks of the world, uh, who started or LinkedIn's of the world. Um, you know, who started with a very small niche of, of people and, and, uh, and users and, and using those users, they're able to grow and sort of, um, you know, not have to spend money marketing their, their product, uh, to get to, get to scale. And then they figured out how to monetize later. Um, you know, I think we, we have some of those things sort of in our back pocket right now. And, and, um, you know, we're really excited to, to be able to launch them in the upcoming months as well, too. Um, and it's, and it's just ways to just add value for sort of both sides of our business, the, the users, like the, um, the, the ones looking for jobs and the ones that, you know, are supplying the jobs, the companies we work with. Um, so if you can find ways to add value for both sides, uh, of any kind of marketplace, I think, uh, you know, you find, uh, you're going to find yourself getting in some good growth and, and, and a good, uh, a good spot to scale as well, too. You spoke about overcoming a high cost. Uh, businesses, the challenges around selling a, a product that costs more money than just $5 a month. Any lessons from going through that process with talent fit that you can share? Yeah, I, I think it's also just like really comes down to knowing who is your buyer, who's your user, who has the pain point, uh, who are you solving it for? Um, you know, you know, all those things are uh, really important. And, and we sell a pretty unique product in that way. Like we you know, part of our product is HR focused with, you know, culture insights, but that forms our backbone for a recruiting product. And so, you know, depending on the size of the company we're working with, those could be two separate functions. 
Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, you're having to get, you know, the, the CFO or the, the head of finance to also, you know, write the check. Um, you know, so it's, you, you just have to know who's all those pieces and, and understand what's the value you're bringing for each of them. What's the problem you're solving for each of them. Um, and you know, what's the return that you're going to bring each of them to. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, people aren't just buying these products just to add another, you know, fancy bells and whistle to their, to their, um, tech stack. Uh, they want a solution. They want to make their jobs easier, faster, more efficient, uh, better quality, whatever it may be. Um, so really identify, you know, what is it that you're doing for them, where the value is coming from and, and who's getting it and, um, you know, what that return on investment will be. That's great. Thank you. Um, I want to move into how you decided to grow your team. Was Can you think back to one moment at any point in, in that growth phase where you thought, we really need to bring somebody on here? Yeah, I think a lot of ours came just down to um, uh, based on our growth and, and our, our customers, what they're looking for. Um, you know, I think we had sort of our core team put together. We, you know, we had a data scientist, we had a developer, we had a head of research, we had myself doing sort of like the marketing strategy, kind of ops, finance kind of stuff. Um, you know, and, and uh, you know, as as we started growing, we just needed we just needed more people that were pushing all and rowing in the same direction with us, right? So uh, we needed to add some more developers on. Uh, we needed to add more some more data scientists on. Um, you know, we brought on a couple advisors, um, you know, some around, you know, diversity inclusion, because we kept getting questions around bias in our algorithm. And, and um, so we brought on a, you know, an expert in sort of that area. Uh, we also brought on an advisor, um, you know, who's one of the former uh, global VPs of uh, Hewitt Packard for HR um, through, through a personal connection I had. And, you know, he's been amazing and opening up a bunch of doors for us to, um, you know, to, to companies all across the U S and in Canada as well, too. Um, so it, it, you know, so, so that's, it's, it's kind of been growing based on sort of just need at the end of the day. Uh, it wasn't like, Hey, today it sounds like we should hire somebody. Uh, we looked at what we needed in our business and, and, um, then we figured out who the right person was. And, um, you know, there, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of things you got to look for as well when you're when you're hiring these people, you know, and that's and that's kind of what we help other companies do, too. And, and we actually, you know, practice what we preach as well. So, you know, we run everybody through our assessment and, and through our tool to make sure that they do align with our values and, and our culture. And um, honestly, it's been uh, it's been great in terms of, you know, finding people that are passionate about working for our, our business and, and loving what uh, loving what we do and, and, you know, putting in a lot of great work. So, um, you know, like I said, the. the the number one thing that we do is around values and culture alignment. And I'd say that's the number one thing we look for as well. Um, you know, looking for people that are going to have high, like strong work ethic, um, resilience, as well as passion, um, you know, for the problem we're trying to solve. And, you know, they also can be a generalist when they need to be. So they're willing to sort of pick up the slack and, and do things when needed. But they also bring some kind of unique skill set to the team, um, you know, that, that we can really harness and, and, you know, they can also teach everybody else in the team things that, you know, maybe we don't know about as much as well, too. So you're actually using the technology that you've developed to hire people for your own company for talent. Yeah. Fit? Yeah. Every person that we've hired has gone through it. And, um, yeah, that's, you know, we gotta, we have to practice what we preach and, and, uh, it's been working for us and it also helps us be very critical on our, on our own products so that we can continually improve it as well. Um, you know, seeing what kind of results we have, you know, if people leave the company is understanding why they left. Okay. How do we tweak what we're, we're doing a little bit 
um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a very valuable tool for us in our own hiring, and and uh, you know it's been very valuable for our clients too. I know you some I know you Mitch as somebody that is so focused on that end result, and so seeing that you are using your own product and selecting your employees, obviously that just speaks to the quality of that product. So very neat that you're doing that. Um, I want to transition into you as the entrepreneur, and I I want to kind of think here about. What kind of routines do you have? How, what are you doing differently than other entrepreneurs out there? Maybe something that gets you in the zone or, or how do you improve your productivity? Any tricks or tips for us? Yeah, well, I'd love to tell you, I'm probably doing some things that are super unique that, uh, you know, will give really good tips and stuff for everybody listening on the podcast today. But honestly, my a couple of things that I do, one is, um, you know, I, I like to get my blood flowing. I like to work out. Um, and, and sort of in that sort of vein, I like to like to set like personal challenges for myself, usually, uh, usually sort of physical personal challenges. Uh, and, you know, as you know, I did a half Ironman uh, last year. Um, that was that was a big one for me. I've always wanted to do it, but it was something that was un, not business related that allowed me to sort of focus my mind on something else outside of business and, and something that I could have sort of full um, full autonomy to, uh, to, to sort of achieve the goal that I wanted to achieve as well too. So, so that was just one, you know, working out and, and sort of having some kind of personal fitness related challenge, uh, in the past, maybe not so much anymore, but in the past I've done, I've done a sort of a lot of like mindfulness stuff as well too. Um, so, you know, especially before sports I do, um, you know, kind of like, I don't want to call it meditation, but, um, you know, I'd, I'd sort of close my eyes and, and get my breath under control and sort of visualize what, you know, what was going to happen in the game and uh, visualize whether it's shooting free throws or making a tackle or whatever it was. Um, so, so thinking about those things and the, and the visualization piece is something that I think is, has always helped me and, and really helped me be focused. Um, and then I, I think one of the other things too, with, with, you know, ensuring productivity, uh, I, I think productivity is, is there when you're not fatigued. And so I think it's, it's a lot of it is about taking some time to yourself sometimes. Um, you know, I, I think as any entrepreneur does, and, and I'm guilty of this more than anybody too, uh, is you think about your business 24 seven, you're sleeping and you're dreaming about it. You're waking up in the morning, you're thinking about it. Uh, you know, you're, you're working out even, and, and you're, you're trying to figure out how do you solve that problem X, Y, or Z. But I think there's some times when you really do have to just tur- to, uh, turn out to tune yourself out for a minute or two. And, um, you know, just really be in the moment and, you know, these moments are different for everybody, but just be in the moment and be present. Um, and I think that allows you to sort of, uh, you know, reduce the fatigue, maybe you feel from, from running the business sometimes and, um, you know, allows you to be really refreshed and, and be productive when, uh, when you need to be after that. One thing that we noticed at Strive, Mitch, is that, uh, when we first started setting our goals, we had all these categories, like we would have personal goals, we'd have fitness goals, we'd have relationship goals, we'd have business goals. And you would have three goals or four goals for each category. So some guys would have 15 goals that they wanted to achieve in a week. And what we'd yeah. find is that by the end of that week, nobody had achieved anything because everybody was so scattered. And so a book that kind of changed the way we saw things was called uh, The One Thing. And really, it's mm-hmm. it's a simple process. You don't even need to read the book. It's just figuring out what is that one thing that matters and so now what we do in Strive is each quarter, we set a quarterly goal. So what's our one thing that we want to achieve this quarter? What's the one domino that's going to help us achieve our success? And then each week, we break that down so that there's one thing that's going to contribute to that quarterly goal and achieving that quarterly goal. And I think that um, 
From a productivity standpoint, that one thing that we noticed that really improved was just narrowing that focus. But you've already mentioned that as well. Yeah, I, I love what you guys are doing there. And that that's that's awesome because it just it, it does allow you to focus and you're not thinking about all the other things going on outside. It's like, okay, what is the one thing or you know, the three things, whatever it may be, that you really need to focus on over the next week or so. It makes it a lot easier to check it off. It's a lot less daunting to uh, start tackling it. And yeah, I, I'm really excited to hear that, that you guys are taking that sort of philosophy on, on what you're doing at Strive too. So I think there's a couple of groups of people that might be listening. I think about those people that are, they've either got a small business already, maybe they're a solopreneur. They may just be people that have a nine to five, but they're really looking to transition into something else, right? Like they want to give up that nine to five, maybe get a side hustle, which eventually kind of moves into their their full-time job. So considering those couple of categories, do you have any advice for young entrepreneurs out there? Yeah, I think... I think sometimes people want to do what's, you know, what call it sexy out there is, you know, they want to do something that um, interests everybody and, and uh, you know, you know, everybody would think is cool. Being a good entrepreneur is not about that. Yeah, there's going to be people that are going to start really successful businesses and in really cool industries and in really cool ways. Um, but but honestly, it's it's like looking at your own life, finding something you're passionate about, finding something that you're like, this isn't done well enough or this is a pain point that I have. And then figure out how to solve it. And, you know, I think, you know, I've probably gone down this rabbit hole, I don't know, 50 times trying to find a business that I, I wanted to start. And it's, you know, you start exploring it. Maybe you realize, ah, this isn't the right, the right opportunity for me. But eventually you're going to find something that you're like, no, I, this is what I need to do. And, and day by day, you're going to keep at it and keep learning more. And, and um, you're, you're going to have that passion. You're going to have that resilience to keep moving things forward. And, and when you find something like that, that's when you just got to latch on. Um, it, it might take you a while to find that, but, you know, just, just keep on, keep on uh, going after it when, when you do find that thing. Uh, and, and often it may be something you'd never expect uh, you would be doing. Um, you know, for me, like an analytics business, I, you know, I can do math. All right. But I'm not an analytics person at all. Um, but you know, now we're running an analytics business and, you know, I have, we have great people on our team who, who know that stuff better than I could ever know that stuff. But, um, you know, I think that's, that's part of the value in it is, is building a great team that, that has those sort of skill sets that, um, you know, are complementary and, and, you know, they're able to, uh, you know, to make a great team. And if, if you're the, if you're the entrepreneur and, and you're building a team around you and, uh, you need to be the smartest per person in the room, I, I think that's the wrong attitude. Uh, if you are the smartest person in the room, uh, you got to get to a different room where you're not so that you can continuously learn from other people. And, um, you know, I, I think that's also part of it, too, is that, um, you know, I, I love learning from my other co-founders. Uh, I love learning from our team. doesn't matter if you're a junior developer or, you know, you're the most senior person in the company. Uh, I think that's one of the coolest parts about being an entrepreneur is, is you get to pe pick the people around you. And, uh, you know, if I think a lot of entrepreneurs are also just generally love to learn. And so, you know, find those people that you can learn from and, and learn from them every day too. That is a really nice sentiment. And I think the nice thing about um, being an entrepreneur, just like you said, is that you do get to choose who you're around. And another great thing that I've experienced with Strive is that when we meet for our Monday mornings, I leave there feeling so invigorated because these are guys that are just doing really neat things. They're making a difference. They're changing the world. They've got a vision and they're working toward changing that uh, just like you. Um, and I also know you mentioned somebody that is 
always reading, you're always learning, just like you mentioned. And so I think it would be an awesome opportunity for us to learn from you. So just wanted to get a sense of maybe a book recommendation. What's the best book that you've read recently on entrepreneurship or on business or on psychology that has really resonated with you recently? Yeah, there's there's honestly one book that I tell everybody they have to read is um, and, and definitely any entrepreneur is it's called Grit. It's by Angela Duckworth. Um, and, you know, it talks about, you know, the, the title on it, The Power of Passion and Perseverance. Um, it, it's it's such an awesome book. Um, it, you know, one of the, one of the, the, the things that I love from it is, is, uh, they talk about, or, or she talks about, um, how, how, um, talent times effort equals skill and skill times effort equals achievement. So that when you actually think about the equation there is that, um, that effort is actually twice, you know, factored into the equation twice for achievement. And so even if you have all the talent in the world, but you're not, uh, putting in the effort, somebody that puts in way more effort than you is is, is going to succeed at the end of the day and, and going to achieve what they're trying to go out for. Um, so I think I think it's very relevant for any entrepreneur out there who's who's starting their business and and um, really to understand and and figure out what they're passionate about and and uh, so that they can persevere through through almost anything to get to that that um, that state of success. Um, a couple other books though that I that I I've always they're always in my sort of repertoire of books that I I'd suggest. Uh, one is growth hacking marketing or growth hacker marketing, sorry, by Ron, Ryan holiday. Uh, it's just a great, great sort of short read. I think I read it in like a half day basically. Um, but it's a great short read that gives you some insights and somehow the, um, you know, fastest growing companies of the world have, have scaled without spending huge marketing budgets on them. Um, running lean by Ash uh, Morea, uh, is also great. It's really like a step-by-step guide in a sense. Um, as to how to build a business, you know, how do you go through those, you know, developing your problem statements and your uh, hypothesis and, you know, doing uh, interviews with potential customers and, uh, you know, finding that product market fit and, and, you know, going through that whole, um, you know, that whole process. Uh, I think it's a super valuable book. And uh, the other one that's, that's a classic that, that most people have always read is, is Good to Great by Jim Collins. Um, you know, this is one that I found I learned so much from just from, you know, strategic perspective, um, you know, really finding sort of like, you know, what you're passionate about and, and what makes businesses successful and, uh, you know, what does great leadership look like? And, you know, what it really looks at the sort of the top companies, uh, you know, of all time at that point in time when he wrote the book and, um, you know, how they've been able to meet, beat the stock market, um, significantly for a number of years. And um, looks at the common traits between all of them, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think those ones you know, has four books there, but um, you know, all of them are, are sort of in that sort of top list for me of, uh, of some of the better books to read if you're if you're starting a business. That's great, and I'll put all those in the show notes as well, so listeners can uh, can access those. What is the most important thing that you've learned in the last year that you think would have a massive impact on our listeners? Um, you know, one of the things that another friend of mine who's an entrepreneur said to me, uh, I was talking to him and stressing out about some stuff, I think with our business, he said, um, you know, honestly, stay level headed through everything. There's going to be lots of ups and downs. Um, you know, don't get too up or too down, you know, just keep, keep focused on that ultimate vision or that ultimate mission that you're trying to proceed, uh, that you're trying to achieve. Um, and you know, don't get too stressed when things are bad and, and don't get too excited when things are, are great. 
because the the road is a, a bumpy one and a long one and uh you know you don't you want to have that energy with you the the entire time um, so i'd say that's probably one of the sort of the most important things that i've learned and i've tried to really bring into my own uh, way of operating both in business and even in my personal life too um in the last year and i think that probably goes back to the grit that you mentioned the book by angela duckworth that a lot of us when we start out we think that entrepreneurship is so glamorous and that success comes so quickly and one thing that I've learned through Strive is that it's just really hard to achieve that. Uh, so I think that really hits the the nail on the head there. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more is that everybody thinks they're going to be an overnight success um, when they're starting a business. And um, I was listening, um, you know, I was listening to this uh, futurist talk actually uh, a while ago at, a, at, a, uh, at a, an event. And he looked at inflection points is one of the things. And, and you look at almost anything, doesn't matter what it is. Um, you know, he's talking about the solar industry and stuff and the inflection point that's happening right now, or, you know, autonomous vehicles, the same thing in, in business too, is that, you know, every day you're getting a little bit closer and closer to that inflection point. If you keep persevering and at some point you hit that product market fit, you hit that right client, you, you know, you, you hit that sort of one, um, you know, or so you get past that one barrier, maybe that's, that's been holding you back. And there's lots of little barriers along the way, but you get to ask that one that just is that inflection point and all of a sudden your business just takes off. And, um, you know, I think that's the one thing it comes down to perseverance. It's not going to be an overnight success uh, if, you, if you have an overnight success all to you. But, um, you know, 99.99% of those businesses out there are never going to be like that. I want to wrap up with one final question here, Mitch. Um, this is something that we do at the end of each of our Strive meetings where we take uh, five or 10 minutes to express what do we see as our blind spot? What is the one thing that's holding us back from achieving our goals or achieving a higher level of success? And so I just wanted to pose that question to you, Mitch. What do you think is holding you back from even higher levels of success right now? Is there anything that comes to mind? Well, it's actually funny that you, you asked that question because uh, you know I'm just thinking about it right now. And um, you know, I think one of the things with our business that's been really valuable is that, you know, we've really, really focused on what we're doing now. Um, but one thing in my own personal life that I probably don't do as well as I should is, is, um, I like doing a million different things at once. Um, and you know, I probably overcommit myself to, to a lot of different things. Um, so I think the one thing that probably is holding me back from our success is, um, you know, trying to do too many things at once. Um, and, you know, not really just focusing enough on those, you know, couple priorities that I have, um, that I really, really do care about. And, uh, yeah, I'd say that's one of my things that I, I'm going to start, I'll take some, take some strive lessons here and, uh, and really sort of start putting that into action over the next, uh, the next little bit. Yeah. That's a really consistent one that we hear. I think as entrepreneurs, we're all focused on doing as much as we can and helping and we're focused on giving back but it actually takes away from the broader vision itself. So I want to close with that, Mitch, and I really want to thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us tonight. You have always, my friend, been somebody that I've looked up to. You're somebody that I've admired. You are achieving big things in this world, and I'm really grateful that you've sat down with us tonight. Gerald, thanks for having me today. Um, you're always too kind with your words there, and, and I appreciate it. And, and once again, you're a great friend of mine too. And 
um, you know, thanks for having me on here today. It's, it's been a pleasure and, um, you know, let me know if I can, uh, if I can help strive out or I can help you out in, in any way moving forward. I'd, I'd uh, love to, uh, love to do so. So thanks a lot. Thank you, Mitch. I hope you enjoyed this episode and hopefully you got some lessons from this that you can apply to your own health, wealth, or relationships. I created this podcast to help myself learn from those that came before me. And now I want to pass these lessons on to you to hopefully help you on your journey. Please know that I've got your back and the world needs you to go out there and create, innovate, and iterate. If you like this content, then please subscribe and continue listening for our weekly episodes.